Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد ان شاء الله we'll start today our sira uh, session from ghazwatul ahad and last week we talked about uh, uh, the meccan army that uh, uh, came down to medina to fight uh, to fight the muslims uh, to take the revenge of uh, their defeat in ghazwatul badr and uh, also in consequent Uh, small battles uh, that happened between Ghazwatul Ahad and Ghazwatul Badr and Ghazwatul Ahad. Uh, we talked about that, that uh, the army of the Meccans was comprised of about 3,000 soldiers. Uh, they came and they stationed at uh, the place called Ainan near, uh, near, near Jabal al-Ahad. Uh, and they stationed there on uh, Friday, 6th of Shawwal, uh, of 3rd Hijrah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam received a report uh, through Abbas bin Abdul Muttalib, the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about them coming to Medina, the, the kuffar coming and attacking the Medina. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, and Sahaba were prepared uh, to, uh, to fight back. And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, uh, he did the, some sort of a consultation with the Sahaba about how to defend the Muslims now while they are under attack. And uh, Rasulullah sent out uh, uh, scouting party uh, of the Medina to find out where the whereabouts of the Meccan's army and uh, how big they are and uh, what kind of a preparation they had. And uh, while uh, he, he did this, he also mentioned to Sahaba about one of the dreams that Rasulullah had. And uh, in that dream, uh, Rasulullah said, uh, by Allah, I have dreamt of, I implore Allah, to, uh, subhanAllah, uh, to, to be a, a dream of a bounty. Uh, cows slaughtered and that there was a groove at the groove or a cut or a dent uh, at the point, pointed top of my sword. And that I had inserted my hand into an immune armor. Uh, and then Rasulullah sallallahu mentioned the Uh, the interpretation of that dream and he mentioned that uh, the, uh, the slaughtering of the cows actually was referring to some of uh, the Muslims will be killed, some of the men of Rasulullah will be killed and the groove uh, or the dent uh, cut in, the, in the, the, uh, the pointed top of the sword meant somebody close to Rasulullah from his family member will be hurt. And, uh, the, uh, and the immune part about the Uh, uh, the, the, the dream that Rasulullah sallallahu said, uh, saw uh, that was about the immune armor that meant Medina actually. So th- this is uh, Rasulullah sallallahu referred to that dream as uh, a dream that was, uh, that was a good dream and uh, a dream of bounty. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, Rasulullah sallallahu he started asking the Sahaba about uh, what should we do now while Medina and Meccans are attacking the Muslims. So uh, Rasulullah sallallahu himself was of the uh, opinion 
that they should stay inside the Medina and uh, defend uh, the defender Muslims from inside the Medina rather than going out. And that was his uh, opinion or suggestion. And, uh, and then he asked the others as well what they think of uh, this idea or this opinion to, to fight from within uh, inside the Medina. And uh, Abdullah bin uh, Ubay bin Salul, uh, the, the head of the, or the leaders of the Munafiqeen, uh, hypocrites, he also actually went along with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he supported the plan of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, just a reminder: when we refer to him as Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salul as the head of the hypocrites, uh, that was uh, uh, that means that uh, apparently he used to show that he was a Muslim. So it's not like a, uh, he was openly calling himself as a as a hypocrite or something. Uh, and uh, Rasulullah was allowing the, him to be uh, the way he was living in Medina. It's more of a, he was, he was a hypocrite, meaning apparently he was showing as a Muslim, and in his heart he was a kafir. So uh, he, he went along with Rasulullah wasallam. But now when uh, uh, Rasulullah asked the other Sahaba, now th- those Sahaba, uh, especially the ones who didn't, were not able to attend Ghazwatul Badr. And uh, they, they knew about the victory of the Muslims in Ghazwatul Badr, and even the, the, uh, the status of the people who attended the Ghazwatul Badr in the eyes of Allah Azza wa Jal. So they were very excited, they were very enthusiastic that they really want to go, uh, go out and fight in the path of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. Uh, and uh, among them, Hamza, bin Abdul Muttalib, uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who was, uh, who was uh, present in Ghazwatul Badr, but uh, as we have seen in the past as well, he, he's a very, he was a very energetic and enthusiastic person. Uh, he, he was one of those people who was leading among the Sahaba that we should go out and fight the Kuffar because uh, uh, if we, they, they, they were thinking of this way also. First, they were enthusiastic about fighting the path of Allah Azza wa Jal. Second, they thought of it if they stay inside the Medina, it's more of as if we are showing the weakness of staying inside the Medina. Uh, so, <clears throat> so now this, when uh, 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 Rasulullah Sallam heard all these opinions, Rasulullah Sallam agreed with, along with them. And uh, uh, well, as far as Hamza goes, Hamza even said when he was talking about uh, going and fighting uh, the Meccans, he was saying, by Allah, who has sent uh, the book down unto you. So he was talking to Rasulullah I will not taste food till I fight them with my sword outside the Medina. So this is the kind of uh, uh, the qasam or the uh, swear that he made. Uh, that he will he he will go out and fight uh, fight the kuffar until then he's not going to be. So uh, then uh, they, they, the Rasulullah discussed with the Sahaba. They went back and forth, look at the, all the pros and the cons, and they agreed upon that they will go out and uh, outside the city at the at the Uhud, the, the mountain of Uhud, because the, the the army of the kuffar was already stationed uh, close to the mountain of Uhud. Now, so they agree upon this that they will go out and they fight. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu uh, on the Friday, he, he led the Salatul Jum'ah and uh, he urged the people uh, to be steadfast 
and uh, uh, reminded them that they will be held by Allah Azza wa Jal. And uh, he, uh, he commanded the, the men to get ready for the battlefield. <coughs> now, uh, after, uh, and then after that, he, uh, he led the Salatul Asr uh, with the people and he entered his house. And over there, Umar bin Khattab and Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhuma, they helped Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to uh, put the armor and uh, put, the, uh, put the head cloth on, on his head. When, uh, while they were doing that, people were waiting for Rasulullah sallallahu to come out. Sa'ad bin Mu'ad and Usaid bin Hudayr, these were the two uh, leaders of the, uh, of the Al-Ansar. Uh, they, uh, they thought of it that uh, they have made a mistake, that uh, they did not go along with the suggestion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, they start telling the people that you are the one, actually you force Rasulullah to go out. And Rasulullah's opinion was to stay inside the Medina. And uh, when Rasulullah came out, uh, so they, 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 uh, they said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, we should have not disagreed with you. So you are free to do whatever you desire. If you prefer to stay inside the Medina, we will stay with you. Upon this, Rasulullah's response was, it is not be, It's not fitting for a prophet that once he had put an armor on, he should take it off until Allah had decided between them and his, uh, uh, him and the enemy. Meaning, now he was already prepared to go out. Now it is not, uh, taking it off is, a, is like as if he is uh, uh, backing out of the, uh, of the battlefield. That's one aspect of it. Second thing is, that just to make sure that uh, we understand one part of this whole discussion that we are discussing when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was uh, planning to go, uh, or his opinion was to go out while the Sahaba's opinion was otherwise. And uh, Rasulullah went along with uh, their opinion. Uh, this is important to understand uh, this aspect of it, that this is called Shura in Islam. And uh, Shura is not about coming up to a Hukum Sharai. This is about Shura or means consultation or uh, taking the advice from the others. Uh, uh, in that case, uh, Shura uh, is for the halal actions which are allowed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Both the actions are allowed. For example, in this case, the action of going outside the Medina or staying inside the Medina to fight, these were allowed actions in Islam. And Rasulullah was asking for which, opinion, which of these halal actions we will go by. So there was, a, there's no, uh, there, was, there was no some sort of a, uh, command that you have to fight inside the marina uh, and you cannot go outside. It was rather more of a mubah uh, or permissible action that Rasulullah was uh, consulting about. Uh, it's no different than when Rasulullah was in uh, Ghazwatul Badr when Khubbab uh, bin Mandir came to Rasulullah and he, sorry, Khubbab bin Al Arak, he came to Rasulullah and uh, he talked to Rasulullah about uh, where Rasulullah was stationed for Ghazwatul Badr and he said rather uh, we should, uh, uh, he, he asked him this question first, is this his own opinion, meaning uh, uh, is it dictated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to stay there or go, uh, or, or it is his just own opinion uh, uh, as a human being. So Rasulullah uh, he told him that it was his own opinion, it's not the uh, command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then he gave the uh, suggestion. In this case, Ghazwatul Ahad, 
Rasulullah was asking for the shura himself directly. So in both cases, uh, the point is uh, the, the, when it comes to shura, shura is not the one that decides the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, it's not the one that can go against the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or this is not done for uh, uh, coming up with rulings or something. As sometimes people try to take this concept of shura and uh, try to uh, uh, portray it on the, the democracy or the man-made laws. Now, this is not the case we are discussing here. In Islam, hukum uh, belongs to Allah Azza wa Jal, and only Allah is the one who, who legislates. <clears throat> now, so, uh, uh, now, moving forward, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he divided his uh, army into three battalions. Uh, and uh, this is very interesting, the way he uh, divided the battalions, because uh, uh, one of the battalions was uh, headed by Musa'ab ibn Umair, radiallahu an. Uh, the other battalion of Qutaybah, uh, is by, uh, uh, which, is, which is basically, so the one by Musa bin Umayr was Muhajirin. So the battalion of Muhajirin was headed by Musa. Uh, battalion of Aus uh, from the Ansar was headed by Usaid ibn Hudayr. And uh, of uh, battalion of the Khazraj from the Ansar was uh, headed by uh, Al-Hubab bin Mundar. Now, it kind of a, uh, the, you you can think of it as if this is like a three different uh, Rasulullah is uh, uh, it, it, it can be taken as as if there is talking about nationalism or something or patriotism here. That's not the case here. This is more of uh, uh, creating some sort of a competition between the tribes, so they they uh, they they fight. Uh, number one thing is to create a competition. Number two, they they can work better within their uh, own uh, within their own groups here. So it, it's not because of just to show that you are different people or so. Okay, so that's uh, uh, another important part about the the way Rasulullah divided the army. Uh, now the army altogether was consisted of about one thousand. Uh, fighters. Among the 1,000, one of the reports said there were 50, 50, people, 50 of them were, were the horsemen. Others says there was uh, not, a sing, not a single one was a horseman. And uh, like the, when we were discussing pre, uh, previously, whenever Rasulullah used to leave Medina, he used to leave somebody behind as a caretaker of, uh, of the Medina. And when we say Medina here, Medina was the, uh, uh, was the place where Rasulullah was ruling over the people from. Now, in this case also, Rasulullah left uh, Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum radiallahu an, as the person, see the Sira books uh, uh, talks about that as or the, the hadith discusses like this that Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum was left as the one who was leading the Salah. Now leading the Salah uh, in many places uh, does not mean only you're talking about uh, barely uh, an imam of the salah here. Rather, here, uh, or uh, in many other places, we will discuss some other times, inshallah, when we talk about wali salah, wali salah does not mean the one who is just leading the salah, it's rather the one who is ruling over the people. Okay, this is why sometimes the, uh, the, the wala used to be divided into two even, that the wali zakah and the wali salah. The zakah was the one who was taking care of collection of the zakah and, and, and these kind of financial things. While uh, the Wali Salah was the one who was ruling over the people. Uh, so now here, uh, the Sira books discusses as if 
Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum was, uh, was left as to lead the Salah. Salah is a, a, another expression of saying that you are ruling over people by the ahkam of Allah Azza wa Jal. It is more of a saying, uh, as uh, some of the scholars discusses like this, that uh, uh, sometime in Arabic language, a juz is referred to the kul, meaning a part can refer to the whole. So, uh, and in general, the most dominant aspect of, uh, of, uh, of, a, of a body sometimes is pointed to as, uh, so, so what it means is actually the, the whole thing. So in this case, Salah is, is, the, is the part of the deen, which is one of the most dominant aspect of the Muslims. So it is referred as, pointed as if he was just there to lead the Salah, but it meant he, uh, it can mean the whole, implementing the whole uh, the rule of Islam as well. <clears throat> okay. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this part up is um, there is a hadith of Rasulullah sallam. Sometimes people bring this up and they thought of it as the current rulers of the Muslim lands. As long as the, the hadith says that uh, mm -hmm. uh, follow your rulers, uh, Sultan actually, uh, uh, and Sultan, uh, uh, as long as he implements, the, uh, he, he establishes the salah. And uh, many of uh, today's rulers sometimes they try to use this as if they are allowing the people to pray in the Muslim land. So that means they should be followed for everything what they are doing. While the hadith is talking about, first of all, Sultan. Sultan is the one who implements the rule of Islam, who rules by the command of Allah Azza wa Jal. That's one thing. And there, again, the Salah is not referring to only establishing the Salah in the Masajid. Rather, it's talking about as long as he is ruling by Islam. So that, that's important thing to remember. Okay, now moving forward, uh, uh, so now Rasulullah announced the departure of the army towards, uh, uh, towards the north. Uh, now the two of the Sa'ad, uh, Sa'ad bin Ubadah uh, and Sa'ad ibn Mu'ad, radiyallahu an, uh, this time they, uh, uh, who, who, they, they are the one who are running in front of the army. So they, they led uh, the Muslims here. Now, while Rasulullah and Sahaba, they were passing by one of, uh, uh, one of the mountains called Wada, uh, and they saw a, a well-armed battalion over there, okay, which were not part of the army of Rasulullah Sallallahu And Rasulullah Sallallahu asked them about who are these people, and it was told that these were uh, these were the Jews uh, or the Yahud who were uh, allies of Al Khazraj, and they wanted to fight along with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's question about them was. Um, have they embraced Islam or the Muslims? And it was told no. So Rasulullah refused to take help from them in this case because they had their own battalion and they were going to fight under their own flag along with Rasulullah and Rasulullah rejected that, uh, these kind of a help. And uh, uh, I don't think I have to go into too much detail of this. We can see that today, what is the situation of the Ummah and many of the places we find that uh, Muslims are open, uh, open armed for getting the help from, from, the, uh, from the Kuffar and bringing them in their own lands. In many cases, uh, our Muslim owned brothers and sisters are the ones who are uh, losing their lives uh, because of that. Okay, so that's, uh, that's the action of Rasulullah So we should remember how Rasulullah acted in the, in, in the situations like this. Now, when Rasulullah, then Rasulullah started parading the army uh, of the Muslims. And um, uh, when they uh, reached a place called Al-Shaykhan, uh, uh, over here, uh, 
he he uh, he start going through the people who were in the army, and there were some people who were uh, either disabled or too young. Um, and there are m many of the names are mentioned in the Sirah books. I'm not I'm not going to go through all the names. But Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam took them out of the army and he sent them back. But there were two of the young uh, Sahaba, Rafa ibn Khadij and uh, and Sumura ibn Jundur. These two Rasulullah sallallahu allowed them even though they were uh, they were young. And Rafa, uh, when it comes to him, he was uh, he was a he was very skillful in shooting arrows. Um, and uh, Samura bin Jundub, he, uh, he said he's a good fighter, he's a good wrestler, and uh, he, he said, allow me to fight with uh, Rafa, and if I beat him, uh, he should go as well. So uh, uh, Samura, he wrestled with Rafa, and uh, he, he beat him, so he overcome him, so Rasulullah allowed, allowed him as well. So, now when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the night came, and uh, they were praying uh, uh, the, the Maghrib and the Asha prayer. And uh, 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 Rasulullah Sallam chose about 50 guards to, uh, 50 people to guard the camp and go around it to make sure that uh, they are protected. And Muhammad bin Maslama, uh, the, the Sahabi who uh, assassinated uh, uh, Ka'ab bin Ashraf, he was the chief of those guards. And uh, where uh, the Juan uh, bin Abdul Qais is a specific guard for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Okay, so he was protecting Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, at the end of the night, uh, when uh, just before the Fajr, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, moved, and when he uh, got, uh, uh, when he got to a, a shout, he observed the Fajr prayer over there, and uh, uh, he was close enough to the enemy. And he could see that uh, he, he could see one another. They could see one another. So now here, Abdullah bin Ubay bin Salud, the, uh, the, the 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 Munafiq, he now defected himself. He rebelled against the Muslims. See, he walked all the way out, and when they were very close at that time, he said that uh, uh, that, that he defected himself. That he says, uh, uh, and he had three hundred people with him. And he said, we, we, we do not know why we shall kill ourselves. And he claimed that his withdrawal was no more than showing protest against Rasulullah who had already refused his opinion and accepted that of the others. Meaning, Rasulullah, because I, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, Abdullah bin Ubay, uh, his opinion was same as Rasulullah's opinion as far as uh, staying inside the Medina goes. So he kept that thing in his heart and until they were very close to the enemy and lines, and then he defected. So he took 300 people uh, along with him. Now, that was obviously, uh, if that would have been the case, that he, uh, he, took the, he took himself and the 300 soldiers out of the army because of that reason that Rasulullah did not accept uh, his opinion and he went against it, he could have done that in the Medina. But he did that, especially when they were at that time. That shows the, uh, the grudge and the animosity he had in his heart. So, uh, and the problem happened because of that, was uh, some of the Muslims, when they saw that 300 uh, soldiers were defecting, uh, some of the, the, the Muslims from Banu Al-Haratha, who were from Alaus, and Banu Salama, who was from Al-Khazraj, 
they, well, they got impressed by this Munafiq's behavior. And these, uh, uh, these clans, they were thinking about, or they were in a state of confusion, and uh, they were thinking about all withdrawal as well. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about that in Surah Al-Imran. إِذْ هَمَّتْ طَائِفَتَانِ مِنْكُمْ أَنْ تَفْشَلَ وَاللَّهُ وَلِيُّهُمَا وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَيَتَوَكَّلِ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ when two parties from among you were about to lose their heart, but Allah was their wali, supporter, and protector. And in Allah should the believers put their trust. So after that, these uh, two clans from Aus and Khazraj, they stayed with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, cleared their hearts and they stayed. Uh, one of the Sahabi who was the father of uh, Abdullah bin Haram, who was the father of uh, Jabir bin Abdullah, he attempted to stop the Munafiqeen and uh, he reminded the, the Munafiqeen of their duty as uh, at, at this delicate and awkward situation. But it was when he, they, they did not listen. He followed them, reproached them and uh, uh, urged them to go back uh, saying, come and fight in the path of Allah or at least be defenders. They said, if we had known that you would really fight with, we, we would have not gone back. So now they're giving different kinds of excuses and they left. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about the behavior of the munafiqeen in the same surah, surah al-Imran, where he says, وَلَيَعْلَمَ الَّذِينَ نَافَقُوا وَقِيلَ لَهُمْ تَعَالَوْ قَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And that he might test the hypocrites. It was said to them, come fight in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal and uh, they defend yourself. قَالُوا لَوْ نَعْلَمُوا قِتَالًا لَاتَّبَعَنَكُمْ هُمْ لِلْكُفْرِ and Allah continues on saying, and they said, had we known that fighting will take place, we would certainly have followed you. They were that day nearer to disbelief than to faith, saying with their mouths what was not in their hearts. And Allah has full knowledge of what they conceal. So now the remainder of army of the Muslims, which was about 700 uh, soldiers, they started moving forward. Uh, 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 and uh, the, the, the camp of, uh, of the Mushrikeen that was situated, uh, uh, the, 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 in, in a, such a place that many roads lead to Uhud were almost blocked by them. Now, the Sulaysan wanted to move to Uhud while they were very close to uh, sitting, uh, the, the camp was very close to the, the Uhud as well. And from Medina to go to Ahad was kind of a block. So Rasulullah asked, who is the, one of the men, or who can, who can guide us? He said, which men of you lead us to where the people, uh, the mushrikeen are, along a short track that does not pass by them? So Abu Khuthayma, uh, he said, Rasulullah, I am the man you need. And then he chose a short track that led to the Ahad passing by Harra uh, Bani Haratha. And, uh, and their farms. Uh, so now they made it. And uh, on their way, they passed by one of the fields that was owned by one of the Munafiq Mirba bin uh, Qaidi, who was a blind person. And when he uh, felt and realized that the army of Rasulullah is passing by, he started throwing the dust at them. And uh, so, uh, so, so someone was going to kill him. But Rasulullah said, do not kill him. He's a blind in his heart and in his eyes. So uh, because he was blind, and a handicapped person, Rasulullah uh, allowed him to, uh, to live. Then now, Rasulullah uh, they, uh, they went to 
uh, the, to, to the hillock of the of the of the Uhud, and because they were there, so they were at a little bit of a higher place than the Mushriki. And uh, now Rasulullah's army was facing towards Medina. Okay, and uh, their back was towards the, the, the hill of Uhud. So, so the, uh, the army of enemy kind of in between uh, stood as a barrier between Muslims and the Medina. Okay, now Rasulullah he, uh, he created a plan for, uh, for, fighting, uh, for fighting the Mushrikeen. So the way he did was, he, uh, number one thing he did was there was a small uh, pathway that was uh, that had to be blocked because there was a chance that uh, the 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 kuffar could have gone gone around the Uhud and they could have attacked the muslims from the back even though in general they were protected by the by, by the hill but there was a small uh, area from where they could have uh, entered to fight or to to attack the muslims from the back so over there rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam appointed jubair uh, bin nuaim uh, al-ansari radiyallahu anhu he was, uh, he was also a, a Badri Sahabi, meaning he participated in Ghazbatul Badr. And uh, he told them very, very specific, very clear instructions to them that they were supposed to stay there, okay, and uh, defend the Muslimin from there. Uh, and the, so, the, the, there are different riwayat which are mentioned there, and I'll mention at least uh, two of them, inshallah. So the one that is mentioned in uh, Sahih Bukhari, that says that Rasulullah instructed them saying, stick to your place and do not leave it. Even if you see birds snatching, uh, snatching us till I send, uh, send for you. And if you see that we have defeated the infidels and made, him, made them flee, even then you should not leave your place till I send, uh, send for you. So see, uh, the instructions were very clear that uh, that you are not supposed to leave the uh, leave this place that Rasulullah have assigned to you. Another place it says, if you see us snatched into pieces by birds, do not leave this position of yours till I send of, send for you. And if you see that we have defeated the enemy and trodden on them, do not desert. Uh, uh, for your, your position till I send for, uh, send for you. See, so they, they had a very clear instructions whether Muslims get defeated or Muslims are, uh, are victorious. In both cases, they had to stay and uh, uh, protect that specific spot that Rasulullah made them send it. So there were 50 archers uh, in the leadership of uh, Jubayr ibn, uh, ibn, uh, ibn Nu'ayn. Um, okay. Now, the other battalion, the, 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 when, when they were when they were in front of the kuffar, Rasulullah divided the army into two wings now. The right wing, he appointed Al-Mundir bin Amr uh, with the flag. So these are the flag bearers there. On the left, he appointed Al-Zubair ibn Al-Awwam. So he is on the, on the left side and Mundir was on the right. And Zubair ibn al-Awwam was also supported by al-Miqdad bin al-Aswad as a supporter. And Zubair's function was specifically to stand fast in the face of Khalid bin Walid's horsemen. Because Khalid bin Walid was a known famous fighter. And Rasulullah wanted to make sure that this Muslims are protected from that end. 
Now, if you think about it, the army of the Meccans was stationed in the area Ainan, close to Uhud, on Friday. And Rasulullah uh, reached there on Saturday, but Rasulullah was able to uh, draw a plan that he had the upper hand now. Uh, and uh, probably nobody would have ever been able to make a plan like that because now he was protected by the hill from the back and he appointed 50 archers on the other side and he had the, uh, had the advantage of, he had the higher place than the, uh, the, uh, the, than the Meccans. And they could have not just come uh, and run over them because that would have been, they could have not taken their position because the Muslims were at a higher place. Uh, and when we are talking about this kind of a fight, uh, higher place makes a huge difference. Uh, one is uh, to, to, to go up to fight, it takes more energy. Second, from the top, you can, you can have a better view than the people who are looking from the down to the up. So it was, it was, a, it was a great plan by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, uh, by Saturday, Shawwal 7th, the army of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was uh, fully mobilized and it was ready to fight. And uh, while uh, uh, they were uh, almost ready to fight, Rasulullah sallallahu uh, forbade the Muslims to start the fight, number one thing, uh, without Rasulullah's order. And uh, Rasulullah himself was wearing two armors, uh, one in the front, one in the back. And uh, see, so that, that shows a couple of things. One is, see, even though he's a messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's not just going out to fight without taking any kinds of precautions. He himself put the armor on himself. So, I mean, he had the armor on him. So that shows that, uh, and the way he was uh, taking care of the army, the way he, he was uh, spreading out the armies under different leadership, that shows he was taking care of all the worldly means that are required to undertake the actions. Uh, so it's not that we just do tawakkalullah and we do not uh, prepare anything. Tawakkalullah, as I've mentioned in the past lectures also, that this is part of the iman, that has to be there uh, all the time. Before the action, during the action, and after the action, we always rely on Allah Azza wa Jal. But when it comes to an action, we, during the action, we also make sure that we use all the means, utilize all the means that are Islamically sharan allowed for us. Okay. Uh, and uh, besides that, he urged the Muslims to, to be steadfast while they're, while they're fighting. And, uh, and he implanted the spirit, like uh, he, uh, he, he energized them by reminding them about, uh, of course, uh, uh, the fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa what kind of uh, ajr and all those things you can get. So then he, uh, there's an interesting uh, thing that Rasulullah did here, that he asked the Sahaba, who's ready to take this sword? He had a sword and he said, and give its proper due. So many men uh, said, I'll take it. Some of them were, uh, that include Ali bin Abi Talib, uh, Zubair bin Awam, Omar bin Khattab, but uh, Rasulullah granted this sword to Abu Dujana. And uh, so Abu Dujana asked Rasulullah, oh, 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 Ya Rasulullah, what is its price? Because Rasulullah said, the one who can uh, give us the proper due or give the price of this, uh, the, this sword. So Rasulullah said, it is to strike the enemy's face with it till it was bent. So it's talking about the power 
that you're supposed to hit the enemy with the sword. So Abu Dujana says, Ya Rasulullah, I will take it for that, that price. And he was given the sword. Now Abu Dujana was a very courageous person. And uh, uh, he was famous uh, uh, for, for, for fighting in the wars. And uh, he had a red, red, at the red band or the one that you tie on your head, I think it's called what, bandana? Yeah, so a bandana. He, he tied down the uh, red bandana on his forehead. Now, people knew that whenever he, he wears this, this headband, uh, that it means he is determined now. He is determined to fight until death. So Abu Dujana, Abu Dujana he put down the, the red bandana on his forehead, and now he started walking in a very uh, arrogant manner. You know, like uh, your chest is out and you're walking. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, I would not say arrogant, but with the, with, the, with the pride. The pride is different than arrogance. And this is a pride because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam appointed, gave him the sword. So now, watching him doing that, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, this is a sort of walking that Allah detests. Allah hates this, the way he was, this kind of a walk. Except in such a situation. Because this walk was to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was not walking this way to, uh, to show, show that to the Muslims around that he's better than them or something. Rather, to put the, the fear in the hearts of, the, uh, of his enemy, uh, the enemy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, <clears throat> well, now the, the Meccans there on the other side, they, um, they were under the general leadership, uh, leadership of Abu Sufyan. Uh, and we know that he later on, he became a Muslim, but in, uh, until now, he was a Catholic. He became a Muslim late the, during the time of the, uh, around the, uh, the Fatah Makkah. So now, uh, <clears throat> so he was in the central position and uh, Khalid bin Walid was on the right wing and Akrama, the son of Abu Jahl, was uh, on the left side. So SubhanAllah, all three of them later on in their lives, they became Muslims and, uh, but at this point they were, uh, at, at the break of the war to fight against Rasulullah and they did fight against Rasulullah now uh, <clears throat> so Safwan bin Umayyah was in charge of uh, infantrymen and the archer was under the command of Abdullah bin Abi Rabia uh, and uh, as we have discussed that in the past in general the, the flag bearers are normally from uh, the, uh, uh, it was actually belonged to Bani Abdaddar uh, when we were discussing the whole uh, the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, how the uh, how Qusay bin Kilab was the one who was the, the uh, who was the one who was the leader of the Banga Quraysh, and then among his sons, uh, when he appointed Abdul Manaf uh, as a flag bearer, and there's uh, conflicts happened between the sons of uh, Abdul Manaf and Abdul Dar, even though Abdul Dar was the older son. But anyways, uh, to cut the story short, we talked about it in the past and. Banu Abdul Dar at the end, they were given the right to carry the flag. And now, because of Qusay uh, bin Kilab, nobody would ever question this. But now Abu Sufyan, who was the general leader, uh, then he goes and he started saying, you remember what happened to another Banu Harith in Ghazwat al-Badr. And we were discussing Ghazwat al-Badr, we know that he became a prisoner of war and then he was killed. So he reminded, uh, basically, Banu Abdul Dar, look, uh, remember that Bani Abdul Dar, uh, uh, Bani Abdul Dar, you have been assigned bear 
of our, our flag or standard, and you know that the standard is the first thing that the enemy attacks. Should it fall, we fall down too. Therefore, I say either you guarantee its safety or leave it for us, and we will certainly suffice you that, that task. Now, this was more of an insult from the tribal perspective that somebody comes and say, that, can you really do this job of what you have been doing for, uh, for generations? And this actually made Banu Abdul more furious. And uh, uh, they, uh, they say, you, you want us to deliver you the uh, custodianship of the standard. Tomorrow, when we fight them, you will witness our deeds. And as a matter of fact, they, they fought very bravely uh, and stood fast in defense of the standard. That's a different story. Many of them were killed uh, in, that, uh, in that fight. Now, besides the fight on the side, Quraysh, they, uh, they continued to do the other kind of a maneuvering to hurt the, uh, the Muslim army. So first, Abu Sufyan sent a message to Dansar, and he said, look, leave us alone to fight our cousins and do not interfere. If you stand aside, <clears throat> we will not fight you for fighting you is not a target of ours. And uh, this was fruitless. He got a very severe kind of a response from, uh, from the Al-Ansar and uh, it was disappointing for, uh, for Abu Sufyan. Now, when the war was about to start, the, the two uh, armies were getting closer and closer. Um, one of uh, the, the, the people from, uh, from Al-Aus, he used to be the leader of Al-Aus, his name was Abu Amir Al-Fasiq. He was given this title of Al-Fasiq by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay, so his name, his kunya was Abu Amr. His name was Abdul, uh, Abdul Amr bin Saifi. But Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam called him a Fasiq because he used to be called as a Rahib. Rahib is a monk. And uh, Rasulullah called him a Fasiq, meaning a perverted Trans, trans, transgressor and dissolute. So now he was referred as that. When he became, Rasulullah came to Medina and he became the ruler, he really kept this uh, uh, animosity against Rasulullah and he kept the grudge and he, he was a kafir. He even went after Badr to, the, uh, to Mecca and rallied around uh, the kuffar to fight against Rasulullah and he came with them actually. And uh, while they were about coming closer, he came out of the army and he said to, uh, to the people of the Aus, I am Abu Amr, Abu, Am, uh, 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 Abu Amr. They replied, uh, they, their reply was, no eyes of anybody shall be consoled by viewing you, O Fasak. So they made a very clear Al-Ansar, uh, the Aus especially because he was from them. So when he, uh, that they are not with him and they, uh, they are with Rasulullah they, they are going to continue to protect Rasulullah Hearing them say so, he said, my people must have been afflicted by an evil after my departure. So therefore, uh, when the fight broke out, he fought and he was even throwing stones and the rocks at the, at the Muslim army. And uh, uh, the, so that, that was a second attempt by the Quraysh to somehow take the uh, to take the zeal or the energy away from the Muslim army. Besides uh, uh, all these tricks and uh, uh, treachery that they were trying to do, uh, they also brought, remember I talked about last week, they, the, the Quraysh brought their women along with them as well, some of them. And uh, those women were led by the wife of Abu Sufyan, Hindrid Utba. And uh, they were going around their own army and uh, 
uh, and they were uh, trying to motivate them and the, the different kinds of poetry that they were reciting and the, the, the translation is like this some of it was Obani Abdaddar, uh, o, o, o home of defenders strike with your sharp swords and and continued on and they go like if you uh, uh, if, if, if you flee from the battlefield we will leave you okay and but if you if you fight bravely we will embrace you so these are the kinds of tactics that uh, the kuffar was using to motivate uh, keep them uh, motivated to fight against the muslims so uh, after that the war uh, the battle started but i think uh, this will be a good stop here today and uh, inshallah uh, we will I'll take the questions if there are any questions about the subject that's covered and after that if there's any uh, other questions besides the subject also what is covered today uh, I'll try to answer that inshallah Thank you for listening to this podcast Podcasts on current events Islamic guidance Quran tafsir and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.